unpredictable, very resourceful, a master chef, a wisecracking know-it-all, always improving himself. He is Caleb Clifford Jennings Betterton. This is Caleb Stink. What's up, guys? It is the Chancellor, Caleb Betterton, with the greatest show on the pod world today, because I'm the Chancellor Podcast. You should know this by now. And I want to give a quick shout out real fast to a very, very special listener who gave me a very great book recommendation called The Day of War. Uh, Cliff, uh, Cliff, what's his name? The uh, writer. Cliff Graham is the author's name. It's about Benaya and the listener, Justin Tripp, shout out to you, who recommended the book, heard our episode on um, Bible Savages. So check the episode out. And uh, thanks for the book recommendation. I'm like, there is in on the audiobook version. It has been fantastic so far. Been enjoying it. So some of you may know, some of you may not know, but uh, there was a writer's strike earlier this year. And I think there was an actor's strike too that ended recently in either the entertainment world. And it caused a lot of issues, caused a lot of projects to be shut down or stopped temporarily because of this writer's strike. And some of you may not know this, but there's actually some of these mega churches out there who have people who help write the sermons for the Sunday messages. So there's the pastor who's a part of that writing team, or at least gives ideas and thoughts what he wants to do. But then there's the whole entire team who helps him write out the, the sermons. So what if one day these sermon writers stopped and said, you know what? We heard how much money you're making. We know the kind of cut of the tithe you're getting. And we know that we're the one putting in most of the work. We're doing the research. We're the ones who are actually reading the Bible. We know you're not reading the Bible at all. You're not reading the Bible at all. We are for you and giving you the sermons. You know what we're going to do? We're going to go on strike. And the fallout of that would be incredible. It would be so hilarious because there's some different options here on what could happen. You know, one of the options is... You have them, everyone go live church. Another is the pastor tries to write his own sermons. Or we get the writers outside picketing, causing all everything to stop. Church is canceled. So the first option with everybody goes live church is what you do is for the next 10 weeks or however long this strike lasts, we're going to put up the big screen, get it out there, and we're going to do the top 10 rerun, reruns of sermons Pastor Joel Olsen has preached, whoever his pastor is, I just use his name as, as an example, preached in the past 10 years. And just give him the best, the highlights, every week until this thing's over. Put up the video screen. We're going to put the highlights, best, the best, the top 10 sermons ever from this guy, which is a viable option. Number two is... The pastor tries to write his own sermons. Now, this one right here could could be incredible in, in, in different ways. Because one, maybe the pastor absolutely just goes off and like nails it. And he's like, you know what? I don't need you guys. I'm on my own. I can do this. And this goes off, right? Totally just goes nuts. And this blows up even bigger. That's one option. Or again, he hasn't written his own sermon in who knows how long, how many years that he... Uh, tries to write one and he's not sure if it's a Bible verse 
or a fortune cookie saying. He doesn't know because he hasn't read the Bible in so long. He hasn't put in the work in so long that he doesn't know. And he finds himself embarrassed on a Sunday morning service being nationally televised all across the nation when he is quoting Blue's Clues instead of the Bible, which would be a beautiful thing, in my opinion. It'd be hilarious. It'd be so great. Or, you know, he tries to pull back one of the sermons he wrote like a long time ago back in the day. And uh, he learns real fast why he got writers in the first place because it was a little bit rough around the edges. Who knows? Who knows? It could be hilarious. It could be legendary, though. Can you imagine? You would find out real fast how spiritual that pastor really is if he had to write his own sermon. Um, The last one could be incredible because you could literally have a big old media back and forth. It's going to be pro wrestling, honestly. It could be a beautiful pro wrestling show because you have the writers who are saying, (coughs) excuse me, who are saying, you know what? We're on strike. In fact, we're going to pick out to the gate. We're not going to let anybody go to the church for a top 10 to watch you preach. doesn't matter. We're, we're, we're going to go on strike and we're going to pick it outside the, the church doors. No one's getting in. And so they're, they're trying to fit their case. We're not getting paid enough. The pastor's taking all the tithe. They should get some of the money because they're the ones writing the sermons. They're the ones reading the Bible for them. And the pastor's on the other end saying, you know what? I'm going to go full out. I want to preach to y'all. I want to help y'all get saved. But these writers from hell, these writers from hell are keeping me from helping you find your healing, find your salvation. And there are souls going to hell because he's right, you know, full on media, get interviews, going back and forth. You know, the writer's saying he's a charlatan, he's a fake, he's a hypocrite. He is saying they're causing people to go to hell because they can't have service and people are all it, it could be in crazy, insane, lunatic fringe awesomeness. In my opinion. You know, honestly, being a sermon writer for some of these mega churches is probably a good deal. You're probably making some good money. In fact, if you're trying to be an aspiring writer, I'd recommend you apply to some of these churches so you can become a summer writer because I doubt you have to go to that church. You're probably like, you know what? I'm going to still go to my church. I'm going to work from home. Help write the sermon, zoom in, do zoom and call Monday morning. How the service go? Awesome. Check in. Get the highlights from the, what were the most clapping points from that sermon? Maybe one of your points got a big, you know, standing ovation. Who knows? Good stuff. You get a little raise, a little tip right there. Just saying. Maybe being a swimming writer would be a good, good option for you. Just, just a thought, just a thought. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk about some things that I'm loving right now. So stay tuned. All right, guys, before we get to what I am loving I want to talk about something I hate right now. Okay, I hate with a passion. And that is how dark it gets so early right now. Five o'clock. It's getting darker. I cannot stay. Now, I don't know about you, but when it gets dark outside, my body says, hey, it's time to go to sleep. It's time to shut down. It's time to wind down. Even though it's 5 p.m. I got up for an hour ago and I'm already ready to go to bed because it's so dark outside. Now, I'm sure my body will adjust as time goes on in this new era of no sunlight when it should be sunlight. But right now I'm hating it. I'm Today I get home from work. I have to record this podcast episode. I have other stuff I got to do. I got laundry. I got life stuff. And it's dark. It's 6 p.m. I'm trying to make dinner. I'm like, you know what? I just want to go to bed. I want to not record this podcast. I want to do other stuff. I am miserable. I'm sleepy. 
And that brings us to something I'm loving right now. And that is uh, not a sponsor, but Celsius. Drink one right now on the show. If you're watching the video version, you can see it. Hold on, what's what fast? I'll take a sip. <sighs> yes. So good. It's keeping me awake right now, giving me energy to do this show. It is right now, honestly, to me, Celsius is the best energy drink out there right now because it doesn't give me the jitters. It just clears my brain up, which I need a lot sometimes. Um, another thing I'm loving right now, and here's the thing. There's a lot of great breakfast options out there. We talked about it, talked about it a little bit in the last show. But Cracker Barrel, I am loving the barrel right now. It is so good. It is so, so good. Like, you don't understand. Like, it's just home, you know? It's your home away from home. It's actually better than your home. That's how good it is. You go there, you have candy, you have toys, you have good food. You have, you know, a bunch of waitresses that could be your grandma or you know, escape convict. I don't know, but it's still great. It's it's perfect. It's wonderful. And I'm loving the barrel right now. I'm also right now loving Logos Bible software. Y'all, if you don't have it, you should get it. I have like the cheapest version of it. And um, it's, it's amazing still. Like I am using it so much right now and studying for sermons, studying for teaching classes for myself. It is just the peak of Bible software. And so one last thing that I'm loving right now, and this is commercial, um, so don't skip ahead, because I'll still be talking about it, so you can't skip ahead, um, is the merch. All right, I'm wearing it right now. Check it out. I have two shirts left. They're in front of me right now. One's a medium, one I believe, yep, a large and a medium right now in front of me. For watching the video version, I have them held up right now. I'm wearing it. It's amazing. The Chancellor approves, okay? I, the Chancellor, approves of it. It is so good. It is comfortable. It's washable, so you won't smell the time. And um, you'll look as cool as I do, which, well, maybe not as cool as I am because I'm pretty cool. Maybe like half as cool as I look, which is like way cooler than everybody else is. So you'd still look cool. Just, it's hard to beat. Right now, if you aren't watching the video version, I don't know what you're doing. You can see my beautiful face with my amazing sunglasses on right now. They are amazing. They were $4,000, okay? Um, $4,000 sunglasses I'm wearing right now that I uh, stole from a homeless person. Don't ask me how the homeless person, homeless person got it, but I got them now. So take that. $4,000. At least that's what I sell them to you for. Um, I look amazing. And the sunglasses, the microphone, the merch, you can't afford the microphone and you can't afford, afford the sunglasses, but you can't afford the merch for $15. Got two shirts left. And um, yeah. If you want them, you better give me the money for them because I ain't giving them out for free. Yeah, coming next, we have Caleb's Take. Stay tuned. All right, guys. So um, welcome to Caleb's Take, the actual take. And I have a kind of an unfinished thought here. And I would love to get some feedback on this or some thoughts on this from y'all, the listeners, either in person or through our email at synergistmg at gmail.com. And my question tonight is this. How do you know when you've become a Martha? How do you know when you have become a Martha? You see, 
we are called to serve and we should serve. We should serve with excellence. We should do give our best in serving. But there comes a point in serving where there is a risk of you becoming a Martha. You becoming someone who misses Jesus when he's there. Misses that opportunity to sit at Jesus' feet because you're so busy doing busyness, being busy. And now I'm a big promoter, a big pusher of being busy, of, of doing things, of being active, of serving. And you should. You know, the verse in, in Isaiah talks about, you know, stretch your cords, expand the length of curtains, you know, expand the habitation. And it's all about expanding your capacity. And serving, being busy, expands your capacity, which is good. But there may be a point where is it expanding your capacity or is it causing you to shut down and miss time with Jesus? It's an interesting thought here because we can justify Martha so much. Now, when we read the story, like, yeah, of course, Martha's an idiot. Why would she, Jesus is right there sitting, she, duh. But we do the same thing and we justify it like Martha did. I need to serve. I got to get this stuff done. I got this clinical class. I got this podcast. I got this youth time. I, I all this stuff going on. And um, I don't have time to sit down and pray. I'm busy. Or yeah, I, I know I should go to, I should, uh, I should be in service. I should find a time to actually be in service instead of serving outside of it and doing this ministry, that ministry. But I, if I don't do it, who's going to do it? Who, if I don't fulfill this role, who's going to fulfill this role? If I don't spend my time doing this, who else is going to spend their time doing this? If I don't get this done now, we're great at justifying being a Martha. We are. When we read the story, like Martha, <laughs> duh. But when we're in real life and we're in a service and God is speaking to us and we know he is, but we're so busy being busy, we miss it. How do you know when you've reached a point of being a Martha? Again, you have to stretch yourself. You need to serve. You need to be busy to an extent. You need to get something. You need to walk in your purpose. But at what point are you a Martha? Question of the day. And I have some thoughts on this here. It's a little short today, but again, I want some feedback on this. I want your opinion. I want your thoughts on this and uh, send them in to me. But um, one thought is if you find yourself missing out on your basics, if you become so busy and justifiably so that you find yourself not praying, and I think this is the obvious answer here, you know, not reading your Bible. If you find yourself missing out on your basic time with God, maybe at this sign you're becoming a Martha. And we've all been guilty of that, including myself. Or maybe you find yourself serving a lot, but you've missed, you've lost your purpose in why you're serving. Now, this is a big one right here because there are times you get burnt out. And if you're burned out, maybe it's because you become a Martha. And I'm kind of preaching to myself right now a little bit, okay? And you can find yourself doing the work 
but you forget why the work is even there. Why are you serving? What is the motive behind what you are doing? When Jesus is in the house, (laughs) you have to find time to sit down with God. And here's the thing. That's easier said than done. Because sometimes it's hard to find. And here's why it's important to work on your sensitivity to God. Because I've used this example before. I think on the podcast. I know I've used it in real life. Maybe not on the podcast. I maybe have. I don't remember. But, you know, the voice of God is not an on and off switch. God is talking a lot. A lot. His voice is more like a, a volume knob. You know? Um, sometimes you have the volume up. You can hear God's voice very clearly, very loudly. And sometimes you have it so turned out you, you don't even know it's, he's speaking. You can't even hear him. But he's still speaking. But what are you doing? Why aren't you hearing his voice? Why do you have him turned down so much? You know, think of it, think of your favorite song. Sometimes you're in your car, you have your Spotify playlist up, you have it on shuffle, and you have it turned down because you're doing other stuff. Maybe you're talking to a conversation with somebody in the car, whatever, or you just, you know, minds off into oblivion, you're daydreaming, whatever. But suddenly you hear that that beat. And I hold up and say, this is my jam. You crank it up. Like, this is it. And like, why? Because you heard that song, even though you were distracted, but you know that, you know that song. That song gets your attention because that is your song. That's your jam. What do you, you turn it up? Well, that's how God's voice should be. And sometimes, it doesn't matter what we're doing, we should be able to hear God's voice, even if it's so quiet. It's a whisper. Wait, what was that? It's God talking. Turn it up. Turn it up. Let me hear it. But sometimes we can just get so distracted, so caught up in the noise, that when God's talking to us, God's in our house saying, I am here for you today. But we have him, we have the volume up so turned down that we're missing out on seeing what we need. And in order for you to reach your potential, in order for you to receive all you need to receive, you have to find time to be a Mary. And for someone like me, who is all about being busy, all about getting stuff done, being a high achiever, trying to accomplish a lot, trying to you know fill my schedule up, I can be guilty sometimes of missing out when Jesus is here at my, at my house, so to speak. And they're talk to me, but I got too much stuff to do. How do you know if you become a Martha or not? Or when you become a Martha? And I want feedback on this. Give me some thoughts. Give me your opinions. Give me your thoughts on this. Are you a Martha right now? Do you need to figure out how to get at Jesus' feet? Because if you don't, you're going to lose your motivation. You're going to lose your hunger. You, you're going to... Forget why you're, you're going to get so burnt out so fast. Because the relationship is what feeds you. The relationship is what motivates you. The relationship is what brings you peace and refreshing and hope and joy. And you need to spend time with Him. And I want to encourage you this week, this time of year, especially because Christmas is coming, Thanksgiving is coming, we have a lot of holidays coming up. It's, it's a busy time. And it's a great time. I love this time of year. But it, we get busy. And we get justifiably busy. But we need to find time to make time to make sure we're still a Mary 
and that Martha hasn't taken over. This has been Caleb's Take.